0: Boom. Da, da,
1: da, da, bom. boom.
0: The Finley. Bom-ding-a the Finley. The Finley. The Finley's boom. on film.
1: Yeah, there's something all right. What? I'm looking right across. And you have the most amazing moose knuckle. <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah. Well,
0: that's because uh, I let uh, I, I left my I, I don't have fucking under, I haven't had underwear all goddamn week. We are recording now, by the way. You I, know <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I know, really, imagine that. Like, oh, he reaches over. Find, find Just, s-
1: I'm st- Staring at a couple of. Cats in a bag.
0: <laughs> That's my, That is the beauty of my balls, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Scrotimus just one of yeah. them. Maximus, they call me. So, oh yeah, let <laughs> I'm not sure Maximus. who they are, but biggest, thickest. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really okay. Anyways, yeah. it's, uh, let's not go down. Let's not go the rabbit hole of starting to quote
1: fucking Sorry. Monty Python movies. So, um, in um, 1957. Our uh, beloved, I guess, actually hated grandfather, the one we never met. Yeah, never met him. Never met him. Died um, a <laughs> few days sober mm-hmm. in some place in yeah. Napa <laughs> yeah. that we, we don't know
0: about. <laughs> he went to a place in Napa to dry out, and uh, I think like two days in, like
1: his, his body just like, no, alcohol is keep keeping this shit together, <laughs> man. Our grandfather was <laughs> actually such a great alcoholic from what I hear mm. that he, he was a classic. It's almost like they wrote alcoholic characters after our grandfather vis-a-vis things like he's stuffing his face with chocolate for a couple of days when, <laughs> when he was trying to get sober or like, you know, taking the uh, our parents out who were kids and then like leaving them in the car while uh. he goes into a bar for a couple of hours like, here, playing with the radio. He was like, I always, I, I pictured him as being like, his behavior as
0: being what I would imagine Carol O'Connor's was secretly. I don't know. There's just something mm. about, it. there's like that, there's that Irish look. Yeah. That, 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 oh, yeah. that, motherfucker, <laughs> that, that motherfucker is not to be trusted around things that are valuable. So he, he, <laughs> he was, uh, I
1: gather. I don't, he was in the Navy during world war two. Uh, and uh, thank you. Thank you for your service. Grandpa. Yeah. Thank you for your service, grandpa. And, and, uh, <laughs> last year I came across, um, 170 letters, World War II that he had written to our grandmother, mm-hmm. and they were so full of like hope for the future. It was it was really sad because we know the future <laughs> that <Yeah>. came. <laughs> yeah. None of it was true. <laughs> None of it <laughs> happened. <laughs> hopes yeah. were dashed. But anyway, <laughs> I mentioned it because in 1957, of course, the war had been over for some time, and and all of his children, uh, four children, had been born, and he um, went to the movies with our our beloved. I think we should say beloved to her, grandmother. I, I love grandma a lot. Grandma. Yeah. Sorry, man. And uh, so I, I
0: didn't live with her like you did, so right? <laughs> I don't have the opportunity to no, really work great. up any annoyance. He might have been great too.
1: But anyway, so he takes her to the movies <laughs> in nineteen fifty seven and they see a little picture called Bridge on the River Kwai. Nice. And um, about fifteen minutes into the film. Um, something happens that she didn't care for, which I guess we could talk about in a minute, but basically it was an act of cruelty that happens in the film. Wait, and in the bridge over the River Kwai, there's meanness? No yeah, and there's some sort of mean act that happens in the bridge over the River Kwai, and she did not care for it. And she announced that she was not going to stay for this movie. Mm. And our grandfather did what all people should do in those situ- that situation. <laughs> he said, fine. And, which meant that she waited in the lobby for two and a half hours while you watched this great movie. Right. She should
0: have brought him a sandwich at that point. But that's beside the point. And very sexist, Tom. That's really very about. sexist. But at that time, it wasn't all that. Uh, it was kind of the norm. So there. Yeah. Well, you would have brought your own sandwich. Right. Well, yeah. I would have been, been my own sandwich. So Just, 19... that's what God gave you the, <laughs> <laughs> gave you the arm, fat, the back fat for, Bud. So we're talking um, on down
1: today about Bridging the River Kwai, but we're really talking about um, Alec Guinness, my prodigious moose knuckle sandwich. Oh, I can't! It's amazing. <laughs> I can't stop staring at your moose knuckle.
0: All right, allow me to pinch and fold and move. Okay, shift. Uh. So, so we're
1: talking about Alec Guinness in this yes, episode, and, Sir um, Alec Guinness. I must point out. Well, he got third billing in in 1957. This Bridging the River Kwai. Yep. Um, which was crazy to me because William Holden gets first billing and William Holden is is amazing. I mean, William Holden's great. William yeah. Holden's William Holden. But the real star of this film, as far as I'm concerned, is Alec Guinness. Yeah. My, you know, it's a
0: funny thing. This movie has a, has a weird sort of thing with my pops as well, which is uh, he... The, I, I could never quite figure out exactly where he was coming from on this because Alec Guinness got the best actor. Right. That year for he should have. For yeah. that role. Meanwhile, uh, Holden... Got the biggest salary. he had like five million dollars for this thing, five and a half million dollars, and it was the largest salary at that point that had ever been paid to a movie star really? for any movie. Okay, now, I could never figure out if my dad was like admiring of Alec Guinness, uh, or or if he he kind of like well, I guess he got the Oscar, but guess who got the money? You know, like I, I could never quite figure out you know what his angle was on that one. But Alec yeah. Guinness is tremendous in this movie.
1: Well, he does a, he does a sort of um, he. Well, we should mention what the movie's about, right? So, right. it's about a bridge. That's it. Good night, oh, yeah. folks. Good night, folks. So, it's about um, these British prisoners of war mm-hmm. who have been brought in by a certain Colonel Saito. Oh yes. To now, where are they?
0: Uh, this is uh, this is Burma.
1: It's going uh, to Rangoon, right? Yeah. The, the, like, the, the, yeah right. Okay, so it's Burma, and and they um, so a, f- a couple of hundred British soldiers have been ordered to surrender. Now, that's an important aspect of the film. They've been Correct. ordered to surrender. Mm-hmm. And um, they make their way to this camp, mm-hmm. their new home, and William Holden and a couple of holdouts are still alive. Apparently, Colonel Saito is such an asshole that he, he, he works the prisoners to death, essentially. Right, and which so, is a
0: very standard issue for the Japanese army at that time.
1: Right, and so William Holden has survived, and, and he greets this, this sort of couple hundred British soldiers um, who are it's, they're led to know that um, they're to build a bridge. Across the River Kwai yes. for the railroad going into th- the purpose of this camp is a prisoner of, uh, is,
0: a pri- is a prison camp that's a, it's a labor camp and their job specifically is to build this bridge on this very difficult like this mu- this murderous uh, jungle in the so, middle of nowhere.
1: So so before any of the sort of the, the problematic areas of the film or the plot I should say start, um, we're given to know like that the. the, the, the um, contrasting elements of these two characters: the mm. the character uh, played by William Holden and the one played by the commanding officer of the British, Alec Guinness. Alec Lord, Sir Alec Guinness. I almost want to say that every time his name comes up. Okay, yeah. but um, yeah, no,
0: and 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 not just them. It's like they are both like broad representations of America and Britain.
1: I suppose so, right? Because the because Alec Guinness um now says this basically um. When he's he someone brings up the idea of escape, ha- having an escape committee or, or so forth and mm-hmm. so forth, he says, "Look, we were ordered, ordered to surrender, right? And so it would actually be a breach of our orders. Our orders to try, if to we try to escape, right? And William Holden, of course, is aghast. Like, what are you talking about? That's <laughs> crazy. I mean, chances of escape here are, are are not great, but you chances of survival. He says, if you don't escape, you'll be worked to death. It's right. crazy. And also, William Holden is." Um, is William Holden? He's he's kind of similar in most of his movies in that he's the cynic, the cynic with a heart. Well,
0: I, I was just thinking that as we were talking about that, I was thinking like, why, how many how many war movies is he in where he is anything but a prisoner <laughs> of war? Now that I think about it, well, there's it's not uh, like seventeen in this one, and but it's not a lot, really.
1: Wait, wait! You're saying he's often a prisoner of war. He group? seems
0: to be. He's he, he's, ca- he's he's well cast as just a prisoner of war, like the cynical prisoner of war.
1: Well, a cynic in any case. I don't know that a, the prisoner <laughs> of war part because you have um, bridges, bridges of Tuckalee. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, you have the counterfeit yeah. trader. Counterfeit trader. Yeah, you're done already. Yeah, but I'm talking about like
0: somebody like in a combat situation. The only thing I can think of off the top of my head is that what was it? Oh, that horrible. Uh, Kelly's Heroes sort of a movie Yeah, Kelly's Heroes was No, it wasn't but wasn't Kelly's Heroes it was something else. The Devils Brigade. The Devils Brigade. Devil's yeah, Brigade. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: okay. So you're right. You're right. Okay, but, but anyway, the point is he's contrasting uh, his character is contrasted to Alec Guinness. Alec Guinness is Rule of Law. Um, mm-hmm. Righto. It's it's sort of a parody almost of the British, you know. Righto, everything uh, stiff upper lip, the whole
0: absolutely like he would he will he will not bow up and also like the, the like the, the racism of britain as well he's not going to bow to some little yellow man in a camp out here so one of the things he does is he basically stands up for him and for his men for their rights to a certain amount of dignity and a certain amount of you know yeah you know and, and, and that so and he the he goes through hell to get that point across.
1: Well, so Saito basically says all the new prisoners will will work on the bridge conducting manual labor, including the British officers. And Alan Guinness points out that it's against the Geneva Convention to make officers work in a manual labor capacity. And this becomes the sort of, the tension, the initial tension of the film, is Mm -hmm. that Colonel Saito and... Uh, Guinness, Guinness, Alec Guinness is character. Remember the character's name, the Um, Colonel, Colonel something or other. All right, Loggerheads about this, Mm -hmm. and and so Colonel Saito puts all of the officers, including Alec Guinness, into like this sweat hut, the sweat hut or the sweat box in Burma. Yeah, which during during a perpetual summer. This is, by the way, this is the point at which our grandmother walked out of the film. Oh, is it? It was about the sweat box. Uh. She couldn't stand it yeah well you know it's funny because grandfather because her grandfather
0: was in the, the was in the Navy during World War II and he yeah. was in this theater this was his theater of war yeah was in the uh, was over in the uh, China mm. Burma.
1: Someone should have given him the hook Mm-mm. or they should give us the hook this episode is not going well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I'm liking this part. <laughs> All right, so look, the anyway, the, the point attack. The point is is that that's the the major tension of this film is between Alec Guinness and this Colonel Saito about yeah. whether British officers should be forced to conduct manual labor. In right. the meantime, while all of this is happening, it's a distraction for William Holden William to Holden. actually make his escape. He makes an escape. He makes an escape. Uh, it's assumed that he's actually drowned by the Japanese officers, but he does actually make the escape. Right. Um, and, and all of this is happening, and, and um, not Donald Pleasance, what is his name?
0: Who? The, the doctor?
1: Yeah, the doctor.
0: Oh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that Something, guy. I've I forget, never known that actor's I name. I forget the
1: actor's name. But but he's been in other great films like The Great Escape. Um, he's sort of s- is seen as this reasonable man who's looking at, at, at right. the situation and going, Who, I don't know who's crazier, Colonel Saito for <laughs> for being such a maniac and working people to death and, mm-hmm. and for his own honor for, for completing this bridge, or Alec Guinness for, for standing so rigidly to the rules. To the rules, right. That he's willing to die, essentially, and, and have his officers die. In a, in a, in a really terrible way, at <laughs> that. In an awful way. So it's really about, like, this, will the bridge be completed? Mm. If it's completed, how will it be completed? Will it be completed under the terms of Colonel Saito, the, the camp uh, commandant, the maniac? Right. Or Alec Guinness, who, who's a sort of, like, uh, supporter of the rules.
0: Right, and, and at the same time, it's this it's really this interesting shift, and it's, a, it's a kind of a study in power dynamics in that sense, because you think, Saida with all the guns has all the power in this situation, but ultimately he's responsible for seeing the bridge completed. Yeah, and the British, in support of their officers, go on strike. Essentially,
1: well, it's interesting. And so that
0: puts that whole thing a thing, and so suddenly the power starts to shift slowly over in the other direction
1: but it's but the it's interesting is that they're they're really the same guy in a way it's really about honor mm. and it's about pride mm-hmm. and it's about tradition and it's about your culture right and and really what culture is going to win out right and so at one point that doctor just sort of makes that observation like is is he crazy or is he crazy or is it me is it the sun? <laughs> there's this is great sort of fadeaway where he looks at the Sun up at the Sun uh, and then all of a sudden you see William Holden the sort of ragged mug into the picture and we're back at this <laughs> other narrative where Holden has escaped from the camp and is making his way down with the help of villagers, mm-hmm. finally to, I think, a naval hospital.
0: Right, right. Yeah. He makes it, yeah, he makes his escape, makes it back to the military by way of civilization by way of the military. It, uh, and then in the meantime, we come to find out that he's been posing as somebody he wasn't, which Holden. is an officer. Yes, he's been posing as an officer. Uh, I guess in order to get good treatment by the Japanese, even though we figured that, that's not necessarily... It was, didn't work out for him there, but it did really work well. out
1: for him at the hospital. So yeah. he's maintaining the ruse... That he was an officer, yeah. And enter Jack Hawkins, who's Jack. Jack Hawkins is just one of those great... He's like Anthony Quayle. He's just yeah. one of those great British, you know, yeah. standby actors. And he's mm-hmm. really the sort of swagger stick and, and righto and yeah. stu- stiff upper lip and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So he, he confronts William Holden. Well, he actually offers him this sort of... Would you like to be part of our mission to go back to the camp? Right. To gonna, we need to blow bridge. up this
0: in, this incredibly strategically important bridge that's being built.
1: And William Holden's like, I don't think so. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh-huh. To which Jack Hawkins says, Look, we really have we know what you've been doing. We know that you have been posing as an officer. Which
0: by the way gives one of my favorite lines of all time. Which is well, because Holden walks in on this, the walks in on this scene, they ask him. And then they go like, "Oh, and uh, your other option is to go, you know, go back, go to prison." Yeah. Uh, and and is uh, nothing I like better than a than a well than a well than a well set, timed setup or mm-hmm. something like that. I just like the line.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it was okay. butchered by you, but but anyway, so I'm they they you. go back, and so that this becomes the sort of the third act finale, like right of the film. across is, the throat, is with to sort blade. of make their way back into the jungle blow up this bridge, and, and the tension now has become this, that Alec Guinness has won out on his end, and yep. his officers have been allowed to um, sort of forego Manage. the manual labor, mm-hmm. although in an interesting twist, Alec Guinness becomes so obsessed with a project of the bridge that he actually asks his officers to, the, to you know uh, pitch in with some manual labor and so forth, and so We have the situation where the outsiders, Jack Hawkins and William Holden, are coming in to blow up the bridge. Mm -hmm. And Alec um, Guinness actually doesn't want the bridge blown up anymore. This is a point of pride. Absolutely. He wants to say later on that British officers and soldiers had built this bridge.
0: Right, under duress, under terrible conditions, and basically, again, it's the it's the it's the racism is is, is in play there. I, so I, was, Cause I I always got that like this is because the yellow man couldn't have done this. We did this. This is I, British know-how.
1: I let you go on the first pass on that one, but I, I'm not sure I really understand the racism aspect of it. Oh well,
0: yeah. I mean, it's the it's the it's the it's the, the right to rule and the and the white man is superior, uh, sort of uh, affect and, and belief system that that yep. kept. Burma as part of a you know as a British colony for yeah. so many years, and it, it, it certainly uh, it extended to all you know people of all different colors. You know we're not the we're, we are by no means is America like the only place racism occurs. It's oh no no I'm not saying Huge in Britain, that and, and it really sort of plays
1: British out. British colonialism is Colonial. horrific, but but I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just not seeing it play out. I mean, like you're don't you're bringing historical context, I guess, to it, but it's not really part of the film or the, the, the characters.
0: No, but then, uh, they don't. They the don't. Bastard. They never actually say it in the movie, but it's yep. always. But it's always an undertone that that came through to me. Yeah. So. No, okay. No. But um. So yeah, absolutely. And so meanwhile, Hawkins and Holden are on their way to blow up this bridge that's yep. very near completion. I like to blow up
1: this episode, by the way. I like to blow you up.
0: Like <laughs> just to... leave off the word "up," please. No, I just like to just like a like a, like, a, like a, just like a like a large metal straw <laughs> up your ass and just like just... I don't know what's going wrong today. Just boom. This then... might
1: be as good as anything we've done. I can't tell, but it's, it's <laughs> terrible if it is. Yeah, it's a little disjointed. <laughs> we just if... all over the place. We're yeah. stuttering mothering a- fucks. A- <laughs> anyway, so look, Bridge of the River, Quite, 1957. I think I've always loved this film. Yeah, yeah. It's got rewatchability. Um, a- a- Guinness is amazing in it. Mm-hmm the the art di- uh, the the art direction choreography oh, choreography whatever. the 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 choreography the is <laughs> dancing isn't it uh, <laughs> the cinematography I think is the word Pirouette? you might be looking I for it is magnificent <laughs> the
0: cinematography is absolutely magnificent yeah uh, and uh, it's it's uh, just a fair warning I think it's a long film it's it's it it is a long film but yep. I think it's totally worth it it's got these two disparate... Stories going on, you got to go back and forth between the two. I can see where it could be a little challenging for some people, but yeah. I think it's a fabulous movie.
1: Yeah, this is David Lean, isn't it? David Lean. And yep. this is, I mean, so we're looking at a precursor by a few years to um, Lawrence of Arabia, right. Dr. Zhivago. So it's got that sort of sprawling feel to it. It does have that sprawling feel, and at the same
0: time, he uses the cinematography. Uh, magnificently to capture the claustrophobia of the jungle at the same time, which yeah. is a very, in a very different sense from Lawrence of the Arabia, with the, with the sprawling landscapes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But it's yeah. definitely David Lean, you know, at his at his finest. And the whole whistling at the beginning—that's that's like an iconic thing. I think yeah. people know that song without having any idea where they know it from. Yeah, you know, and uh, just a little, little, little historical fact: that bridge is still standing. That it was actually kidding me? it's based on a true story. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, based very loosely, of course, on a true story about this this bridge. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's still
1: standing, last I heard. Your moose knuckle is still standing. I can tell you that. Uh, much. That's uh, not the only thing that's going to be standing. <laughs> so then now we're going to switch over to another Alec Guinness film. And this is 1952s. Um, oh, is it one? I think it's 51, yeah. Well, give us a title, sir The Man in the White Suit. Man in the White Suit is is one of the sort of series of of Guinness films um mm-hmm. British sort of oftentimes black and white comedy. So we're talking about like The Lady Killers. Yep. Um he worked uh this is these are all these are these are part, I was looking that up earlier but yeah. they, these are all part of Ealing
0: Studios. They yeah. did these these really sort of dark comedies. Yeah. Really dark, uh very class conscious also. Very class conscious comedies. Yeah. Um and uh, Alec Guinness was a huge part of that whole thing right there. The Lady Killers, the Lavender Hill Mob, yep. man in the white suit. This is one of them right here. And
1: he's sort of to I I, I he worked with Peter Sellers, but he actually to me was a, a bit of a forerunner to Peter Sellers in terms of that like guy who plays several roles, yep. that type of British humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to mention um, he always,
0: he always felt like like when I was watching the Lady Killers, he felt like Peter Sellers' older brother to me. somehow. okay,
1: yeah. Yeah, and he's got a great face. I mean, a lot of yeah. a lot of us know or, of our age know him first as Obi Wan oh, Kenobi, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, but he's <laughs> just got a, such a great elastic horse face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah weird. it's his weird angular, plastically like yeah. plasticky face, and yeah. he really was able and to he's throw so it around. Stated that you know what what really worked for him uh, in the dramatic sort of sense of um, uh, Bridge in the River Kwai. Um, also works to the same sort of degree in, in these little comedies. And mm-hmm. so, like, The Captain's Paradise. Is this, Have you seen The Captain's Paradise? No. He plays a captain who, who goes between... Um, uh, I forget where he goes between. Two countries, anyway. England uh. and Spain, I think. And mm-hmm. he has a wife on either side. And the, wife, the the Spanish wife is this sort of, like... Ay, caramba! <laughs> 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 so this really amazing, like, hot dancer uh-huh. woman. And then he, the... The wife on the English side is sort of like she knits socks. And <laughs> he loves his life and his, his his whole life, and then and then there's the time in between where he can just be with men on the boat and play mm-hmm. poker. And nice. It's just, it's great, and the horse's mouth and uh, and uh, kind hearts and coronets. He's just a brilliant, brilliant. Um, comedic actor, I think. It, it, his
0: ability, like, okay, so let's take like, uh, Lady Killers and uh, Man in the White Suit. Okay. Lady Killers, it's, it's, he's playing this broad comedy. He's playing this, this hilarious character yep. with a lisp who's, who's a doctor and a master criminal, mm-hmm. you know, but he's playing with, with this lisp. And if you didn't know, I don't know, he's just he melts so much into his roles. Like yeah. he is so much a part like and thinking the man in the white suit, he's almost a cipher through eighty percent of this movie.
1: Yeah, well, I mean it's almost I, I guess some people would call it method acting, but it's it's also that the movies themselves are such absurdist movies mm-hmm. that it it's jumping into it or becoming part of the absurdist wallpaper is his specialty.
0: It, exactly like his ability to be almost no nothing. Like, uh, his ability to be almost you know, like almost non-existent on a screen yeah. is amazing,
1: too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B- but still commanded at the same time. So the man in the white suit uh, for 1951, the premise is <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's absurd. He works at a, a, a couple of textile you
0: know, factories. Go ahead. I was just going to say, this is. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see where you come down on this movie. Mm-hmm. Because this is essentially a science fiction movie.
1: Uh, go ahead. How, how, explain what you think. And of Science, science fiction.
0: comes in shifts, shifts the dynamic in in a culture, and then, then the movie is about what would that look like and how that would react. And so, in, in essence, this is classified as a science fiction movie.
1: I don't know. Would like a, a a movie about the Fountain of Youth be considered a science fiction movie?
0: If somebody made it, yeah. If if it came out, of, if it came out of science, it would be, yeah. That's it's a funny thing because science fiction. A lot, I think there are a lot of misconceptions as to what actually you know is science fiction. Like Mm -hmm. Star Wars actually isn't science fiction; it's not considered science fiction.
1: I'm gonna just let you. I'm interested. Just say more.
0: Well, no, I mean like Children of Men. That's a really good movie, and it's you know, uh, it's it's something happens uh, caused by caused by men, caused by science, or something like that. That shifts the that shifts the foundation of society in a sense doesn't have to be very large but it can be it can be very small but it can be uh, but typically it can be very profound and does that's the to essence of scientific what scientific
1: method or could it be anything or could it, because then could, if
0: magic does it then it's then it's fantasy
1: No but so 1984 is classified as, as a science fiction work by some yeah sure but but all that all that changes there is a the government well, okay.
0: Like I said, it can be very small or it can be very large, what changes in, in a setting. So in, in the instance, the, the government get be coming up with a scientific method for controlling its people.
1: But I don't think there was a scientific method in 1984, controlling its people. It was just really? a change of government. Oh no, no. no. No, no.
0: I mean, they had like an oh, entire science on how fuck. to. I regret it now. Yeah, no. They have like, you know, they...
1: the arrogance. I can just see the arrogance coming out of this fucking. Go ahead.
0: I can. Yeah, well, like something got to fight the ignorance over Go here, ahead. man. No, All right. they, they, they're using. They're using. They're using method to control people's perception of events and things that have happened, even in their own history. So, so yeah, it's absolutely.
1: What's the method that they're using? You are talking about just propaganda.
0: Yeah, basically. So that's science. In the sense that they're using it, yeah.
1: So, uh, what isn't science fiction then? I mean, anytime anyone uses something to change something else, I guess that, that's the broadest sort of definition of science. Mm, it's, like I
0: said, it usually has to do with something, uh, something of, a, of, a, of a scientific method. It's a, broad, it's a broad category. It's
1: pretty, yeah, I would say vague is, is the better word for it. Okay. All right. So, go back. So, let's... let's no, I'm saying it's... 1951 sci-fi classic, uh, The Man in the White Suit. Sure. So go ahead. Let's let's talk about the plot. The plot's actually pretty simple. The gentleman uh, is a
0: um, kind of a failed chemist. or He was kicked out of. Uh, he had. He went to uh, I think it was Oxford or Cambridge uh, as a chemist. Uh, didn't quite quite complete his degree. Beginning of the movie, he's starting off. He is a um, just. Uh, he's working in a in a textile factory. Uh-huh. But at the same time, he has managed to trick one of the some of the, some of his bosses into you know giving him like material and he's created uh, he's he's working on an experiment that goes unstated as to what exactly it is
1: right right
0: so he's he's trying to invent something uh and he's got this uh rather colorful chemistry set up off in a corner somewhere uh and um the uh owner whilst trying to get some funding from his uh almost father-in-law's uh from his almost father-in-law uh, stumbles across this while they're doing a tour of the factory and right. he loses the funding as a result of it and he fires Alec Guinness's character.
1: Well, so so mean, um, you sort of smell this uh, watching it immediately and, that, and that's the sort of aforementioned class issues, right? And in fact, capitalism itself is really oh. on trial or examined here in a sense because what's obvious even before they state it is, wait a minute, why would they be interested mm-hmm. in this product which is essentially a product that makes clothing, a material for clothing, indestructible, right? And like stain proof. Yeah. Well, what would? Why would they be interested in that? Because people would limit the you know things well, they could sell.
0: Again, it's it's that it, it, no, exactly, and that's ultimately what comes down on right. it, and, and it brings in capitalism and labor on the same thing. Because if you make a suit that's in okay, so in essence, basically, Alec Guinness's character is trying to make a material that's indestructible. Yep. He's figured out a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is in in you know in, in the wake of uh, all the all the the, the weird chemical things that we did with clay, the rayon and things like that that came out of World War two like all uh, that came out of there um, and so he's come up with a new way and he's going to push it even further and he's basically created um, an indestructible uh, material that can't that doesn't need to be cleaned it, it actually repels dirt
1: Right, so it, it it becomes clear. I mean, one guy approves it, one of these these sort of uh, factory managers, because he's His. just thinking about progress and how interesting exactly. it is. Mm-hmm. And then it's pointed out to him by everyone else. This is this is going to kill us. It's going to murder us. Dude. And the workers don't like it, and the owners don't like it. And so here you see them both coming down on the same side mm-hmm. um, of greed, really, essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like. And, and I love the fact, uh, like they take a, because it's Ealing Studios. They take a lighter hand with the uh, with the, with the unions a little bit. Yeah. But I like the fact that like the old old guy who really represents capital in this one is like this grotesquely feeble Mister. Mr. Burns. <laughs> Burns.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, he's hilarious. Yeah. And it, it's just and it it just becomes a very broad comedy of them chasing him around, and he's in a suit that's indestructible, and because it can't be it can't be made dirty. It can't even be dyed. So it actually glows in the dark. So he's in a white suit running yeah. through these black streets <laughs> to being chased by a mob, essentially.
1: And it's, you know, you feel for him. I mean, you, you understand pragmatically what everyone else's problem is with it. Mm-hmm. But but you feel for this guy because you know, he's, he's done something that no one else has done and yet and maybe he has no perspective to see understand what they're getting at it's just it's just something new that no one else has done and there's always this,
0: there's always this possibility that maybe he's right you know what i'm saying like maybe yep. we need this material to move forward in another way because this can have really broad applications all the way across yeah. all the way across society maybe this is the next step and by fighting against it you know this
1: is the solar well, it's absolutely. Oh, it's yes. I was gonna say it's it's what it's our discussions today about replacing like, coal or something, right? Like
0: how amazing! What would our life be like if we never had to worry about another buying another piece of clothing again, right? Absolutely. And so, wouldn't wouldn't that just be an improvement of some kind? But it can't be because there's already vested interest in
1: even cleaning clothes, <laughs> like, right. like a cleaning lady. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All of that stuff. I actually found myself stupidly. Um, thinking during the film like, well, but maybe they could invent new styles and and then people lose weight and all of this sort of stuff and I thought, wait what, what am i doing I'm, <laughs> I'm actually trying to argue some my way through this absurdist sort of premise but mm-hmm. but it's relevant we, you know, and, and,
0: and the, now I think there's a lot of this is a very British movie in yeah, a lot of ways sure. it's very British because of the way first off the way it portrays class mm-hmm. and also because it deals with the uh, with the with the, um, the Clothing manufacturer yep. world, mm-hmm. which is really big h- historically. That's the basis of Britain's colonialism, almost. Yep. You know, and so, it, so it has a resonance over there that it's, it looks a little absurd on this part. It's a little like watching Atlas Shrugged and going, "These people, you know." In, it was said in 2015 where these people are worried about a train. You know, it's a little anachronistic and weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know?
0: But, uh, but, 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 but again, I think it had a serious relevance, particularly in the post World War. Uh, two era in uh, in Britain at the time, so yeah, yeah. Great.
1: I loved it. I thought I it, was loved a great it movie. Too. I yeah. loved it too. I have a hard time. I knew I would. I I, I think that that something like the Captain's Paradise or the Horse's Mouth um, or the Lady Killers, those are better than this. A first, I think, but this was really good. They're more clearly a comedy yeah, than okay. this one. Was. Fair enough.
0: There's a lot of really there's a there's a lot of dark humor in this. Yeah, but you got to be looking for it. It's not as it's mm. not a simple joke anywhere. Yeah. In
1: Very good. Yeah. Well, I guess it's sort of like two, two thumbs up or whatever for these I films, right? so, yes. Bridge of the River Kwai. hmm And then if you're in the mood to watch... Sir Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was going to say like Blade Runner <laughs> or, or any other sci-fi classic like Man in the White Suit... Then um, this would be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you know if you're fucking with me, or if I maybe totally. won you over a little bit on this. No, not at all. Because uh, I w- that suit didn't the fiber in that suit didn't stretch as much as you did to make that point that somehow man in the way. I love making those points. You look too, it up by on way.
0: Wikipedia, dude. It's it, it even says it there. Like I'm not making
1: this up. Oh, go to a trusted source. You're saying? Yeah, if you like, <laughs> or elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, look it up on Wikipedia. Is my favorite rebuttal ever. Look it up on a, look it up on the internet. Why don't you Look Matt? it up on my nuts, it's right here. <laughs> well, they're right there.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Try it on the right. It says "fuck you." Yeah.
1: Well, I, this might be one of those episodes that they find later on in a vault. I don't know, but I think it's, this might be the episode they use uh, in a court of law. <laughs> <laughs> fuck bag. All right, asshole. <laughs>
0: Catch you later. Adios. Oh, hold on. Before yeah. you do that, let's do a little bit of the, let's do a little bit of the business here. Sure. Hey, uh, everybody. Business, uh, thanks, uh, thank you uh, to, to our. Business. Beloved Finlayians, come check us out on uh, on our on uh, uh, mm-hmm. Join us on Patreon if you like; we could uh, we could use some help there. Um, also, you uh, jo- know, join us on iTunes. Check us out there. Uh, rate us, listen to us, and uh, you know, give us a give us a rating and a review. Tell tell us what you think.
1: No, I don't okay. think you should recommend that after today's episode. I don't think
0: you should recommend anything ever.
1: <laughs> Is iTunes a science fiction? What's that? Is it in science fiction? It is the
0: future, and I realize that frightens <laughs> you. And it, well, it should because I know you well, well enough people, to know that your future is not there bright. There are
1: man, men and women, and they they do things with things. Uh, That's science fiction.
0: What a weasel! <laughs> Catch you later, you sucker of balls.